You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio, the most listened to podcast on immigration in the known universe. That is correct, David. You can back me up on that. I got your back. Got my back on that. Great. Well, last week, David, as you recall, we spent a lot of time, in fact, we spent the whole show talking and taking a really deep dive into Donald Trump's immigration platform from his website. And uh, I think uh, you'd probably say that I came away unimpressed with Mr. Trump's platform. Uh, And uh, uh, I'm going to shock you today when I tell you I am unimpressed with Hillary's platform as well. Not equally unimpressed, uh, because Donald Trump was really an anti-immigration platform, but I'm not impressed because I would have suspected that her platform would be much, much more detailed than it currently is. Um, in fact, I recalled it when I initially looked at it several months ago being much more detailed. I think it's much fluffier today uh, than it used to be. But uh, as you know, this is the immigration hour. We want to talk about immigration issues. Um, now, this will be Hillary Clinton's platform, presuming that she is still on the ballot in November, correct? I mean, you, 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 you remain by your belief that Joe Biden will be elected the next president of the United States. Uh, he will at least be the Democratic Domin- nominee. Did you know Joe Biden came out this morning and said he had walking pneumonia last year? <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> It's going it. around, man. It's going around. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was hilarious. I heard somebody say last night, how dare she danger the health of people by going to the 9-11 ceremony while she had pneumonia? She could have infected hundreds of people. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, from what I understand, they're coming out now saying that uh, a bunch of her close advisors and people in her campaign committee, they all have seem uh, to have. They all have sick. They're all sick. Yeah. Yeah. They probably all got the same bug. You know how it goes around workplaces like crazy, so they probably all have the same bug. How do you catch mental illness? <laughs> I don't. You don't catch mental illness, buddy. Uh, what you do catch is uh, bacterial infections. Oh. So. I think that's probably what happens. What it's like it's every workplace where you tell people, if you are sick, do not come into work. That rule probably doesn't apply if you're in a job that ends November 8th. <laughs> uh, what if it's viral? Uh, then, the, then the antibiotics aren't. They don't work. That's right. Well, then you just kind of just suck it up and you deal with it. You know, it's like everything else. He says, sometimes you got to take more time off than not. There's no way she's, you know, recommended we take like a week off, right? That would be a, if you got a viral or bacterial infection like this. There's no way she's taking a week off. I don't, you know, just my, have you watched the uh, video or the. Of her uh, collapsing? Yeah. By, oh, yeah. I mean, clearly she was fainting. I mean, no doubt about that. I mean. Well, but there's, there's something very interesting. And in if you faint, you basically. I don't think she was feigning. I think she was just yeah, really my point being unsteady. Is if you look at it very closely and slow it down, and we did, and and took a look at it, the jerking of her head and her body is not not does not go along with feigning. And or even your no. I mean, she may have had a seizure for all we know, but you know, I've had a child who has seizures. You know, a lot of seizures are brought on by heat exhaustion. Which is what she was dehydrated, which she was clearly suffering from. I found I read an article, find out why. She just likes to drink water. In seventy-five degree weather, she's having a heat problem. Well, but if you haven't drinking water for a long time, and she's sitting in the sun, she wasn't. It was. It's not just the weather, the climate. Time. Sometimes you're sitting in the beating sun. What you're sitting in is not seventy-five degrees. It might feel like ninety. But okay, so you're saying that she should drink water. Oh no! The doctor told her to drink water. Apparently, she doesn't like to drink water. 
I mean, I, who doesn't like to drink water? I mean, so, but clearly, I, I, I thought, well, she clearly was in a in one of those modes where you're kind of dizzy and you're fainting. I, what I did find interesting was the, the lead Secret Service agent who's in charge of her apparently opened the door, and that's apparently a breach of protocol. But he was the closest to the door. What I found interesting when he came back, only, there was then two Secret Service on each, on each side of her as she was kind of being a little lolly. She was kind of lollying. Only one kind of helped. The other guy, he didn't think she was fainting enough that he needed to really carry her to the van. I thought that was interesting. So she clearly was alert. And I'm sure, like she said, she got in the van, she drank some water, she got in the air conditioning, she was fine. I don't have any doubt about that. Um, clearly manifested two hours later when she's walking on the sidewalk and she appears to be okay. Everybody's been through that. And that's the thing with this. This is not going to hurt her. Not going to hurt her. And she does not have Parkinson's, as some crazy people in the, in the uh, Trump administration have alleged. Here's my question. When are we going to see Trump's medical records? Uh, Thursday? Come out uh, Thursday, I think. On- I bet you a lunch at the diner. <laughs> a lunch at the diner. That we will get sparse medical information from Mr. Trump. I have no idea. You're not going to take that bet, are you? I, You know, I have no idea. I do know we're not going to see his tax returns. Ever. Because they'll show he gives no money to charity and he pays no taxes. That's what they're going to show. There's a reason he's not showing his tax returns. But how, you know, you, Why you speak Romney very authoritatively, but have you seen them? So how can you say what? Think about it. What other reason is there? I mean, oh, there is another reason. He's in debt to the Russian mob. Well, That's, that's the you, other reason. Yeah, but I mean, again, how can you say that unequivocally when you haven't seen what the tax What other return? reason is there? It doesn't matter. Who knows? I don't know. I'm you, not, I'm not unequivocally. You don't think it's important for a candidate to the presidency of the United States not his medical records, absolutely. To show you who, who is running on his business acumen, what an incredible businessman he is, to show you how he makes his money. And you think... Uh, think about Romney. Clintons? Or think about incredible. Clintons have released 40 years of tax returns and the foundation's tax returns since the beginning. There is no hidden financial information with the Clintons. You know exactly how much they've made and where they've made it. Period. End of story. Giving speeches. That's simply doing what? Giving speeches. Yeah, well, would you not take money to give speeches? Come on. If somebody said, Dave, we'll give you $50,000 no, to give speech. Anybody's welcome to come to the radio station so they don't have to pay me to give well, speeches. But you would take money. If somebody's stupid enough to pay you money to give a speech, well, you would take it. I would take it. Absolutely you're going to take it. Every, I mean, Ronald Reagan made $2 million giving speeches in two speeches after he done being president. He flew to Japan, or is that George H.W. Bush? One of those two. I mean, Reagan did, too. Million bucks, give a speech. It's what you do when after you're president, since you have no other skills, apparently. So, But we're talking about uh, Mr. Trump, who refuses to give his tax returns over. I think that disqualifies him from the presidency. We don't know how he makes his money. We don't know how much he owes the Russian mob. We don't know how much he's lied about giving the chair. We do know the Washington Post went to his foundation, which records are public by, by law, and he has not given any money to his own foundation in eight years. Nothing. Not a dime. I mean, that's the easiest place to give him. If I set up a foundation and I could take a tax deduction, that's where I'm going to send my money, my own foundation, and let them distribute the money. That makes more sense. And they did something even more. They went to the to charities to which the Trump Foundation gave money, and they couldn't find that money. We didn't get that money from the Trump Foundation. We didn't get that money from the Trump Foundation. There's a huge tax issue that's going to come up uh, for Mr. Trump here and his foundation about where they're actually giving their money to, where that's going, other than to politicians illegally given to con- as campaign contributions. But we're not talking about the, the nightmare that would be a Trump presidency today. Uh, 
We are hoping and praying for Joe, Uncle Joe to come along and save the day, which I don't think is going to happen, David. I'm sorry to say. But let's look at what Hillary says. I almost said Hillary. It, it just came out. I, I've been watching your web page too long, David. Um, about uh, 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 immigration. This is from HillaryClinton.com because she was actually smart enough to buy her name as a website, um, unlike Donald Trump. Uh, if we claim we are, this is a quote, by the way, from a speech she gave. If we claim we are for family, then we have to pull together and resolve the outstanding issues around our broken immigration system. The American people support comprehensive immigration reform, which is true, not just because it's hard to do, and it is, but because they know it strengthens families, strengthens our economy, and strengthens our country. We can't wait any longer for a path to full and equal citizenship. I will note that she didn't do a lot of immigration reform when she was a senator. Just saying. Just saying. Um, uh, let's, let's take a look. Here's the official platform. Um, Hillary has been committed to the immigrant rights community throughout her career. Yeah, that's, David, that's probably not true. That's probably not. that. Or if true, it's, let's just say it's a slight exaggeration. Just, okay, it's a big exaggeration. Next sentence. Because we went Trump sentence by sentence, didn't we? As president, she will work to fix our broken immigration system and say, stay true to our fundamental American values that we are a nation of immigrants, which we are. We treat those who come to our country with dignity and respect, which we should. And we embrace immigrants, which we never have, not denigrate them, which we always have. So that's – I'm going to give that no Pinocchios. That's, I think she would work towards a broken immigration system. I would fix it. Because the reality is it would be hard to make it more broken other than through what Donald Trump was wanted to do. So here's, here's her. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine-point plan. Uh, they don't number them um, um, for us, but let's go with nine. As president, Hillary will, one, introduce comprehensive immigration reform. Now, this is interesting, David, because as you know, the president – is not a member of the executive branch of, of the of the legislative branch of government. Therefore, she can actually not actually introduce legislation in Congress. However, she can have inter- legislation introduced on her behalf, if I'm not mistaken. Correct? I think it's how our system of government works. I've read the Constitution. You've read the Constitution. So presumably, somebody will introduce comprehensive immigration reform. So Hillary will introduce comprehensive reform with a pathway to full and equal citizenship within her first 100 days in office. Will she do that? Probably. Is that hard to do? No. That's that that bill's written. Okay. But here's my question on that. Is that what people really want? Now, I believe that we should not have different levels of citizenship in America. Because I think a divided I think I just look at France and I see what happens in France and a big part of their failure to integrate their immigrant especially Muslim population is a failure to get them to recognize their inherent Frenchness because citizenship is hard to come by. Germany has that same problem. Uh, Italy has that same problem. Um, And so you've got a situation where some people argue on, on the left and on the right, why do we want a pathway to citizenship? I would initially start, and this is why I don't like the way this works, it should be a pathway to legality. You know, I've had I've talked about this for years. The language is legality. We need to make legal legality or being legal the norm in the system, and we need to make it doable. And that's our biggest problem today. It's really hard to have a system that works for immigration when the norm 
is illegality. When it's so easy to become, quote, illegal. When it's so easy to violate immigration laws because it's so hard to stay documented or legal. Um, so the next sentence in this, and there's only two sentences in this, in this particular paragraph. It, presumably meaning the uh, comprehensive immigration reform package, will treat every person with dignity. Okay, I don't know. Is that, how do you legislate dignity? I don't really quite know how you do that. Fixed to family visa backlog. Okay, big deal. Okay, that's a big deal. David, we spent a show about, well, I bet you it's been five or five years or so, going over the visa bulletin, uh, where we looked at how long the waits were for people who immigrated. So I was at a, I was at a, a, a function on Saturday where I was giving a discussion, and somebody was saying, hey, how come my green card's not approved yet? My dad filed for me in 1995. Okay. Uh, where you're from, you're from Mexico, right? Yeah, okay. Well, the reason you're not approved yet is because your place in line has not been reached. You will be reached soon in the next year or so, maybe two years. But we have a, a family-based visa backlog that is just nightmarish. So, for example, I said, you're lucky you're not applying today. Because if you're, let's say your dad filed for you today and your dad was a U.S. citizen and he wants to bring you in as a married child... That line today for Mexico is upwards of 50 years. And if your brother, who was a U.S. citizen and wanted to sponsor you, that line is probably upwards of 80 years. Those clearly aren't lines. They're lifetimes. Let's take a quick break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. We'll be right back. Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200, or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Um, so we were talking about this visa backlog. So she wants to treat everybody with dignity, fix the family visa backlog. Now, David, here's a question. How? How are you going to fix the family visa backlog? Now, there are many who would argue that a category for brothers and sisters in the 21st century is unnecessary. It's unnecessary. Um, yes, keeping a nuclear family together when this originated in the 1960s was important. 
But in the 21st century, do we need to keep brothers and sisters together? Who, Because what we've done is we've focused and have focused for the last 50 years on a family-centric immigration system. Not an economic centric. Now, I will give this is what I will give Trump credit for, at least partially, because he says we should look at the economic consequences of immigration, and I agree with that. Unfortunately, his plan stops immigration altogether and doesn't move to anything to help anybody. But if we focus more economically and business oriented and investment oriented in immigration, we will get a different type of immigrant coming to America. Uh, who is more likely to set up businesses, and then even immigrants today who are very likely to set up, much more than native-born, are going to set up businesses, uh, and over the course of their lifetime likely to pay higher taxes. So if we took those 65,000 green cards a year that we give to brothers and sisters and their spouses and their kids, because we go back and remember that we don't give 65,000 brothers and sisters green cards, we give 65,000 brothers and sisters and their spouse and their kids green cards. So there's really, given the typical family size in immigration is three, probably more for this category, but there are three, uh, that's only 22,000 green cards a year for brothers and sisters. And then, of course, we have the category, the other law that says no more than 7% per country, so only 1,200 Mexicans a year can bring their families in as brothers and sisters, and if there's a million people in line, it's a million-year line. So... We look at, at, at fixing the family backlog. She doesn't say how she's going to do that. Now, how would I fix the family backlog? One, I would get rid of the brothers and sisters. I would just say that that category. People in the line will will clear them out in the next seven to ten years, but no no new people in the line. You're done. That's it. No more in that line. Um, we then use those 65000 after that for employment-based green cards of some kind. And in the meantime, what we say, we need to increase the numbers of available green cards for families for a set period of time that's tied to the U.S. unemployment rate, uh, that's tied to welfare usage, tracking welfare usage or or denying welfare usage, uh, and uh, tracking uh, to um, uh, 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 contributions to tax payments. So is there a way to do this? Other than just saying fix the backlog, yes, but it's going to require a lot more thought than I think the campaign has put into it. Certainly not on their website. So that's first comma. Third comma. Uphold the rule of law. Okay. I don't really know what that means. I mean, I know what the rule of law means, but I don't know what means how she's going to pass immigration form and uphold the rule of law. Now, what I think that means is interior enforcement of immigration laws at a level that even Obama has not approached. Remember, Obama has been a very aggressive enforcer against employers of U.S. immigration law. hundred times more than Bush was. Bush didn't do any interior enforcement against employers. Against employees he did, but not against employers. Um, so maybe that's what it means. Again, a little unclear. Next parent, next comma. Protect our borders and national security. Okay. I'll give Trump credit. He said specifically what? Because his, you know, what this means is if you're going to pass an immigration reform bill that protects our borders and national security, I think you should be much more specific on how you're going to do that. Now, you're not going to build a wall or you're not going to increase the wall because the wall is already... 
what's the wall? What's the number I saw David the other day? Nine hundred miles. Nine hundred is built of the wall, which leaves somewhere in the neighborhood of what eight hundred and change. What's, what's the, the the southern border is what nine is it 1,800, something like that miles across? I'm sure we can Google that, David. How long that is across? Um, so we've got about half the wall built. She's not going to build any more of the wall, but you can use technology and better enforcement of the, uh, by the Border Patrol. Now, part of the problem with our border enforcement is corruption. There's a huge corruption problem within the Border Patrol. Uh, and the Border Patrol, you can't get information out of them because they're the most secretive police agency in the United States. Uh, but we know there has been uh, unauthorized uh, uh, killings by Border Patrol agents, uh, which nobody's been punished for. We know there has been uh, violence by Border Patrol agents. We know there's huge drug corruption by Border Patrol agents along the southern border. So, again, I'm not just going to do that. National security, I, I assume that means how we're going to vet people and how the vetting changes. This was, a, this was the very weak part of Trump's plan because he really had no idea how the vetting was done. Um, I am uh, relatively confident in the vetting that's done by uh, our board, by our uh, um, uh, uh, agencies, CBPs, um, uh, but by uh, by USCIS, Department of State. Uh, but is there more that they could do? Yes, uh, CBP just announced they're going to start looking at all your uh, uh, social media accounts, which I know they obviously have been doing for years. Immigration has been doing it for years. Um, but is it credit checks? Is it, I mean, what other stuff is there out there to check you on? So that's the and the last parenthetical: bring millions of hardworking people into the formal economy. That would be that's really the goal because I would say of the people I meet with on a daily basis, about half who are undocumented, about half of them are in the formal economy because they're working in jobs in which they are getting actual paychecks. Now, they might be working on their siblings or their kids' social security numbers or even fake social security numbers or even in some cases stolen social security numbers, but they're in the formal economy because they're paying taxes through their employer. Other half are just completely, you know, let's call it the black market economy or the, or the non-taxable uh, economy. Um, so bring them into the formal economy. Now, there are going to be people, David, who don't want to accept whatever the reform is or don't qualify. What will Hillary do at that point? Let's say we pass immigration reform. And let's say there's 11 million people, but only about 8 million qualify for, for a variety of reasons, either criminal convictions or not having been here long enough or not having family or, or kids here, spouse or kids here. What are we going to do with them? Well, at a certain point, they're going to have to be deported, right? They're going to be deported. Uh, I met with a fellow yesterday who just got here about a year ago, illegally, through the southern border. And he wasn't Mexican. And that concerns me. It concerns me. I mean, I know illegal immigration is way down. I know that for a fact. But I know people still get through. And uh, I th- while he says he just came with a coyote, my guess is he probably got through because of corruption by the Border Patrol. Uh, people paid to look the other way. People paid to let him go. People let, paid to, to let him in. Uh, because I don't think the smugglers are that smart. But I do believe they're that wealthy. And that money buys a lot of access. So it'll be interesting to see what Hillary does on this and how she does it. Okay, that's one. Introduce comprehensive reform. Again, the plan is written. If we take as a template the 2013 bill, 
other than the $50 billion they're going to spend on million, uh, military weaponry on the border. You know, an okay bill. Not a great bill, but an okay bill. Number two. And this, David, number two, I think, is the most important thing that could change. Now, Hillary cannot change this. But here's what she says. As president, Hillary will end the three- and ten-year bars. The three- and ten-year bars force families, especially those whose members have different citizenship or immigration statuses, into a heartbreaking dilemma. Remain in the shadows or pursue a green card by leaving the country and loved ones behind. Hillary cannot end the three- and ten-year bars. She can't. She's, you know, unlike Obama, who, as I, you believe, is the actual emperor of the United States, um, she will only be president and cannot change the law. Queen is less than an emperor, don't you think? I mean, I'm just saying. I think you should get used to calling her Empress. Oh, or King, maybe. No, 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 no. Empress is good. Empress is good. Empress is good. Um, so, and the three and ten right now, David. I agree with this. This is a this is a stu- these are stupid rules. They serve a purpose, okay? But they only serve a purpose if people knew about them. Now, in the 21st century, people do know about them. But in 1996, it's all the way through tech 2010, nobody even thought about these. But now people know about them. But but as a result, people subjected themselves to these bars by their illegal entry and by leaving and coming back in when it was easy to do that, when that was the norm. And there are at least, David, my guess, at least three, maybe five million families who could fix their status tomorrow. These are typically mixed citizenship families could fix their status tomorrow if these bars were removed or modified tomorrow. So you could solve instantaneously, overnight, half the undocumented immigration problem. Like that. Boom. I just think, why don't we do that? Well, that's letting them cut in line. No, actually not. It's not letting because they could leave the country in process. It just makes no economic sense to do that. It's not. It, I mean, you have to look at this in some ways as not only in, in dignity and respect and 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 security, national security, but also in economic rationale. What is the economic rationale for doing? There isn't any. In fact, it's an anti-economic rationale. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Hillary kudos for this, although she can't do it. <laughs> so it's really a meaningless statement. Three, defend President Obama's executive actions known as DACA and DAPA against partisan attacks, which really means against Republican attacks, since Democrats aren't making the attacks. The Supreme Court's deadlocked decision on DAPA. Do you know that they have pending before them a motion to reconsider by the Obama administration? Out of curiosity. Was a heartbreaking reminder of how high the stakes are in this election. Hillary believes DAPA is squarely within the president's authority, as do I, uh, and won't stop fighting until we see it through. The estimated 5 million people eligible for DAPA including dreamers and parents of American citizens, should be protected under the executive actions. Now, David, here's, everybody asked me, what would happen to DACA and DAPA if Hillary wins? That's a good question. Think about it. Right now, DAPA is dead because of the Supreme Court decision. Now, I have advocated, and we've had a whole show dedicated to this, that Obama did this process wrong. He should have published a regulation. He should have gone to the Federal Register, published a regulation, say, here are my priorities for removal. Here in the authority invested in me by Congress to enforce our immigration laws are exactly how I'm going to do it. And publish a rule in the Federal Register. Because that's what he got dinged on. 
Now, the, the Fifth Circuit went a little bit longer on that and said he didn't even have authority to do that, but the reality is he does, and that part would get overturned by the Supreme Court. But if he published the reg, it goes away. So here's what I think is going to happen. It would be stupid of Hillary to just let this fight continue if she was president. It's stupid. Just flat out dumb. She should withdraw the DAPA memo or get her new secretary home going to withdraw it. And then as soon as we get back from our break, I'm going to tell you what she should then do next. We'll be right back after this break on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Today we were talking about what Hillary would do. Now, here's my recommendation. She withdraws the DAPA memo because it's, it's dead. It's going to be dead in the water. You need to get rid of that lawsuit. The only way to get rid of that lawsuit is to just say, Dear Judge, we are withdrawing the DAPA memo. Please dismiss the case. Thank you very much. Case is over. Done. End of story. She then publishes on January 20th, 2017, new regulations, an emergency regulation to take effect in 60 days that reflects what DAPA and expanded DACA is. These are my priority enforcements going forward until Congress dictates otherwise through legislation. And say, look, if you've been here more than, more than uh, since 2010, you're a person of good moral character, you have no criminal convictions, you have kids born in the U.S., I'm not going to deport you right now. I won't promise you when I will deport you, but I won't promise to deport you right now. You come forward. You give me your biometrics. You give me your picture. I'll take your fingerprints. Take some DNA if they want to do that. I really don't care. And in return, we will give you a work permit and get for two years. Now, that doesn't mean you won't be deported one day. And it won't mean we won't use this evidence against you in a court of law to deport you at that point. But the reality is almost every one of these people is eligible for relief in immigration court under the cancellation removal standard. Almost every single one of them. It certainly will be by the end of Hillary's presidency. So we're going to let you stay in the U.S. And if we decide to deport you, then you get to go to court and you get to fight this. This way, you make it an emergency reg. It's effective in, in March or April. Bam, it's done. Now, during that time, something else is going to happen. Now, she's going to get sued, obviously, right? Um, uh, but 
now she's followed the law. So suing her is a lot harder. And two, gets who gets to appoint a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> that is, if the Senate's not smart enough in a lame duck session to to confirm Merrick Garland, because he is the most conservative guy that will ever grace the Senate from a Democratic president in the near future. They would be stupid not to confirm that guy. He is way more conservative than anybody else Hillary Clinton is going to nominate. And if she wins in, 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 uh, in, uh, in, uh, in November, you've got to really... Now, then you can put the Democrats over the barrel who will want to filibuster Garland, because a lot of Democrats don't like Garland. They might want to filibuster Garland as being too conservative, but there you go. So that's item number three. Now, item number four in the Hillary Clinton immigration agenda. DACA will, of course, continue until Congress does something. Quote, Do everything possible under the law to protect families. I don't really know what that means. So let's see what the, what the sentence says after that. And it's one long sentence. If Congress keeps failing to act on comprehensive immigration reform, Hillary will enact a simple system for those with sympathetic cases, such as parents of dreamers, comma, those with a history of service and contributions to their communities, comma, or those who experience extreme labor violations, dash, to make their case and be eligible for deferred action. Here's what's interesting, David. That already exists. <laughs> That's not really a promise. That's we're doing that right now. So that's dead. That's that's just it's, it's a meaningless meaningless thing. So Hillary puts forth a meaningless proposal. Number five, enforce immigration laws humanely, implying, of course, that Obama has not enforced them humanely, and that Donald Trump would not enforce them humanely. That's her statement. Now the the two sentences that follow this are the following. Immigration enforcement must be humane, targeted, and effective. Okay. Uh, you dispute that? I mean, you don't have any problem with that, right? No, I think so. I don't, I don't either. Uh, so you, therefore, you support Hillary Clinton. Just kidding, David. Hillary will focus... Why do they keep calling her Hillary? Why do they, I mean, I'm going out of my way not to call her Hillary when online to call her Clinton. Because we call him Trump. We don't call him Donald. Did they call her Hillary because she's a woman and Trump because he's a man? I think we should just stick with last names. I think it's just easier, don't you think? Why don't they call her, call her Rodham? Well, she stopped using that. She stopped using that. Um, you, know, you know, she just has. I mean, she, she kind of made a big deal of that in the 90s, as you recall, and as I recall. But I'm not gonna, I don't really care if people call her. I just think Clinton would be better. But Hillary will focus resources on detaining and deporting those individuals who pose a violent threat to public safety. Okay. Do you have a problem with that, David? I, I don't either. Uh, a comma. And ensure refugees who seek asylum in the U.S. have a fair chance to tell their stories. Implying, of course, that Obama doesn't let refugees tell their stories. Now, here's what's weird. Refugees don't seek asylum. It is a... And this is, it's, Wording drives me crazy. Refugees, by definition, are individuals who have been granted refuge in the United States under Section 207 of the Immigration Nationality Act. 
Syrians, Somalians, uh, Bosnians, uh, Burmese, Vietnamese, they were refugees because they went through a specific process abroad of vetting and background checking and verification, and they actually are admitted to the U.S. as refugees. They don't seek asylum. Okay? That's different. So asylum seekers, those, let's say, coming across, coming to the border or across the border or to the border in Mexico right now from Central America, asylum seekers are, are apply for and receive asylum in the U.S. under Section 208 of the Immigration Nationality Act, and it's a different process. There are two types of asylum seekers, one who are affirmatively in the U.S. and and get admitted somehow or get here without papers and then apply for asylum to the asylum office. That's called an affirmative asylum case. Then you have a defensive asylum case. These are individuals who are caught by immigration or are charged with being deportable who then claim asylum in order not to be deported. That's a defensive asylum case. So, again... Somebody wrote this who should have vetted it with an immigration lawyer knew what they were talking about. Um, I'm guessing she says to ensure that people who seek asylum have a fair chance to tell their stories, which I will tell you many of them don't. The problem with asylum seekers, people that seek asylum, is asylum is limited by definition to people who are persecuted or who have a fear of persecution, both subjective and objective, based upon one of five grounds, race, religion, nationality, political opinion, or membership in a particular social group. These are the five grounds to the treaty that we signed in 1980 uh, to grant asylum, people seeking asylum in the United States. It's a worldwide treaty. Many countries have signed it. The first four groups are pretty straightforward, race, religion, nationality, uh, political opinion. You can kind of identify what those are. The last group, membership in a particular social group, has... A variety, we're not going to get into today, a variety of subgroups. What does that mean? Uh, Department of Homeland, uh, uh, BI, the BIA Board of Immigration said it has to be a socially cognizable group. You have to be able to, I, I have to be able to recognize your group. Uh, and uh, there have been other recent additions to what you have to show besides being socially cognizable as a group to get asylum. And the problem is fleeing general violence. Hey, the gangs suck. I'm afraid for my kids. Without a specific incident, without specifically you being terrified. Yes, uh, Venezuela is a hellhole and there's no food and Maduro is a communist thug. Got it. But nothing happened to you. Okay, you just don't like living there because it sucks. I get that. That's not a base. Now, I have friends that will disagree with me, but that's not a basis of asylum. So fair chance to tell their stories, understanding that 60% are generally going to be denied anyway at the asylum office, and if you're in Atlanta, 99% will be denied asylum. Um, so, next thing. All right, this is number uh, six. I guess five so far. Let's see. One, two, three, one, two, three, four, five. So number six. Uh, end family detention and close private immigration detention centers. Yes. Yes. There shouldn't be private prisons. Families should not be in jail. Kids should not be in jail. Period. End of story. Yes. Um, and private prisons, I mean, if the government's good for anything, it's good for prisons. Government should not be running prisons. It's a terrible idea. Uh, if you bought stock in a prison company, shame on you. 
Those companies should be out of business. Um, next, number seven, uh, expand access to affordable health care to all families. David, this is right up your alley. Right up your alley. So here's what she says. Are you ready? This is the this is the two sentences. This is the marriage two sentences. We should let families, regardless of immigration status, buy into the Affordable Care Act exchanges. Families who want to purchase health insurance should be able to do so. All right, David. I mean, I, this, is your, this is your issue. I know it's a big issue for you. Assuming Obamacare does not go away, because it's not going away. Right. And until Republicans control 60 seats in the Senate, it's not going away, right? So, not going away, should every family be able to buy into it? What do you think? Well, the taking, are taking, going getting away. rid of it off the table. Take, if, it's off the table. Uh, if they can afford it, or whether they can afford it, yes. Every family they shouldn't get subsidies, though. No. If you're undocumented, be, no they subsidies. Sh- they should be able to buy insurance. Which they can't do right now. No. Which means what? What is now the health insurance of undocumented families? Emergency the emergency room. room. Emergency room. Yeah. So, I mean, this is it's truly just stupid when you think about it. But they didn't want to... Undoc- okay, I understand you don't want to give people undocumented, you don't want to give them subsidies. I get that. You don't have to do that. But to literally bar them from buying insurance? Like the DACA kits. That have DACA, they have work cards, right? They're not going anywhere, right? They're barred from buying insurance on the on the exchange. They can get private insurance if they have an employer, which many of them do, but they can't get health insurance on the exchanges. Which also means, when you look at immigrants, typically they're typically healthier than Americans are, and they're younger, right? That's typically how immigrants work, and so you're taking off the insurance programs the exact people they need on the programs. For the programs to actually work, so um, you probably don't have any problem with that particular part of her plan, assuming you can't get rid of Obamacare completely anyway, right? No, they they, they won't, no matter what the situation I agree. is. But the exchanges obviously have bitten the bullet. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, number eight, promote naturalization. This is something that uh, Bush did extraordinarily effectively. George Bush naturalized tons and tons and tons of people. You hear about Obama doing that right now? He's an amateur compared to, to, to Bush. And, and the king of this was Clinton. Clinton naturalized people who never should have been naturalized. They got in big trouble with that back in the 90s. If you recall the, the push in 96 to naturalize people. Um, here's what's really interesting. I saw a study, and this I've seen. It's been years since I've seen it. I can't find it since then, but I know I read this. If you are naturalized during a Democratic administration, you were 60 percent likely to be a Democrat. If you are naturalized during a Republican administration, you are 60 percent likely to be a Republican. Isn't that interesting? Now, David, I can't. I've looked for that study since then. I can't find it. It may have been something that. That is Trump-esque. That is, I just literally made it up out of the top of my head. Uh, but I'm pretty sure I saw that at least 10 or 15 years ago. Because that's why these guys pushed it. That's why these presidents pushed to get this stuff done. So Hillary uh, wants to promote naturalization. When we come back, we're going to talk about how she's going to do that and finish up our review of Hillary Clinton's immigration platform here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. 
Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-8611. A las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet. www.immigration.net Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. David, as we get closer and closer to a possible Trump presidency uh, and the end of America as we know it, Uh, we're here today looking at Hillary Clinton's uh, immigration uh, platform. And a number eight of her nine-point plan was to promote naturalization. Here's what she says. Hillary will work to expand fee waivers to alleviate naturalization costs. Now, David, that's a good point. How much does it cost to apply for naturalization in America? Do you know? Take a guess. What do you think it costs? Really? It costs $680 to apply for naturalization. And it goes back to the... It goes to the USCIS. Because as we talked about before, the USCIS is not run by tax dollars. It's run by fees. So $680. That fee is going up shortly to $790. Wow. If you make $30,000 a year and you and your wife need to naturalize... That is about, you know, two, three or four or five percent of your annual income. That's crazy. And really, why does it cost so much? This is one thing they've never been able to explain. Where do you get these fees from? How, what are you attributing your costs to? Because this is all done on paper. I mean, it's all done on paper. Somebody's making, you know, you, your thing is follow the money. Somebody's making the money somewhere. I just can't figure out where. So she wants to increase fee waivers. The problem right now, it's virtually impossible to get a fee waiver today. Um, increase access to language programs to encourage English proficiency. That's finally. This is something Trump should change his platform. Say, you, you want to naturalize? You have a green card? We're going to help you naturalize. We're going to establish English classes in every city in America. It's going to be part of Job Corps. What is AmeriCorps? You know, we're going to send AmeriCorps out, and we're going to have free English language classes and civics classes. And even better, why don't we team up? This is something you could privatize. Let's team up with the American Legion. Let's team up with veterans groups. Let's team up with Daughters of the American Revolution. Uh, and we're going to teach free 
English civics classes for immigrants to prepare them for the naturalization test. What a great movement that would be nationwide. You know, there's something where in the neighborhood of, I don't know, like 10 million permanent residents that today could apply for citizenship, but don't because of language proficiency and financial issues. This could be a really good thing. The mayor in the city of Atlanta actually has, is, is created, has created a program to actually help pay and subsidize citizenship application forms if you live in the city of Atlanta. Pretty cool beans. Um, and Because if, if immigrants speak English, this is one thing that actually my pet peeve, I talk to clients all day long, and somebody will come in to see me. Well, yesterday, a young woman came in. She couldn't have been more than 30. When did you come to the United States? Um, when I was, uh, when I was uh, 15. Uh, how did you come here? My dad sponsored me. I came on a green card. But I never went to school here. So she's 30 years old. She now wants to sponsor her husband. She's been a permanent resident for 15 years. Now, you become a citizen after five. So why haven't you naturalized? Oh, I don't speak English. Wait a second. You came here at 15. You're 30. How is it you don't speak English? Well, I mean, I'm, where I work, everybody speaks Spanish, and television is in Spanish, and the grocery stores in Spanish. Is, you're going to live to be 80 or 90 years old. Do you really believe that you can live in the United States for the next 50 to 60 years and not speak English? I had this talk with somebody. I'd have it every day with people. Well, no, I need to learn English. I just haven't had time. You know, this is... Do you, you have a Facebook page? Yeah. Well, then you have time. <laughs> then you have time. Um, I, I, I think this is one of the most powerful things the federal, state, and local governments could do is to teach and create English proficiency in civics classes. I think it would be a wonderful thing. And it's easy to do, David. It's easy to do. Increase outreach and education to help more people navigate the process. We're having, by the way, this Saturday... Uh, the American Immigration Lawyers Association is sponsoring a free naturalization clinic to prepare your uh, naturalization applications all day at the Latin American Association. Okay, finally, David, number nine. This is something that I think um, is important and good. Hillary, support immigrant in- integration. Hillary will create a national office of immigrant affairs. Okay, I thought that was called the USCIS, but okay. Support affordable integration services. We don't need to create an Office of Immigrant Affairs. We need to make the current USCIS a viable entity that's responsible for immigrants. Support affordable integration services through $15 million in new grant funding for community navigators and similar organizations. $15 million? $15 million. Did I say $15 million? David, what, what city in New Jersey could use that, nun, could use that money? It, that's a meaningless amount of money. It's meaningless. Um, I mean, it's really, it's absolutely meaningless. You know, community navigators, that's what they call community organizers, by the way, now. Community navigators. And similar organizations. That, I mean, that, that's a meaningless amount of money. I mean, let's say they gave $100,000, uh, which, which, which would fund... One position plus books. Okay, one position. So they could add one position, hundred thousand dollars. That's what one hundred and fifty people. Did it right? Did I do the math right? Hundred thousand times one hundred and fifty. Yeah, I did the math right. Uh, even fifteen hundred. I mean, that's a meaningless number. It's one fifteen hundred organizers get one person. I mean, it's. I mean, really. 
it looks good on a piece of paper because nobody has $15 million, but you really, when you do the numbers and the math, you think it's a meaningless amount of money. And significantly increase federal resources for adult English language education and citizenship education, which is really part of number nine anyway. Um, so, David, this, this nine-point plan from Hillary uh, uh, you know, kind of builds on what Obama's kind of done, um, but really, it really doesn't hit home. It really doesn't tell you what she's going to do in any real meaningful way. I, I got to tell you, I, I am, um, I'm, um, disappointed. Disappointed. And I think a lot of a lot of people who are friends of mine, who are immigration lawyers, they realize how terrible Trump would be for immigrants. Now, somebody accused me on my Facebook page, David, well, you don't want Trump because he's going to take all your work away. And I just laugh. I even run, ha, 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 ha. Because if Trump gets in office and thinks he can deport everybody, do you know how busy we're going to be? <laughs> do you even understand? Do you even fathom how busy, how long that's going to take if he wants to do that? How long that would be? So, no, Trump's not going to make me less busy. Trump would make me more busy. Um... What I think we need, and what Hillary should have proposed, and something Trump hinted at, but was very vague at, uh, is a, re- a complete redoing of our immigrate our legal immigration system that focuses on economics, that 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 doesn't decrease the focus on families, but l- looks at the 21st century family, um, and also realizes that immigrants play a vital role in the economic. And, and, and investment growth of the United States. Um, Hillary could easily have done that. Not, point systems are stupid. I, I don't like point systems because you end up getting taxi cab drivers with PhDs, which is what happened in Canada. It's not, not really smart. Uh, you want an employer-focused system or an investor-focused system. Um, uh, disappointing Hillary didn't do more here. And I know she's got immigration lawyers advising her, but this is not something that... Uh, I would have, as I look at this platform in detail, that would have, it would be enough to cause people to say, I'm going to support Hillary because she's really great on immigration. People are going to say, I'm going to support Hillary because she's not Donald Trump on immigration. Uh, Hillary's always been a very conservative Democrat uh, because she was originally a Goldwater girl uh, back in the day. And uh, uh, while I will tell you, Hispanic voters are very leery of Hillary Clinton. They're very leery of Hillary Clinton and the Democrats, generally speaking. And but for Donald Trump being the candidate of the GOP, if you had a Republican in there who, like a Bush, like a Kasich, they would literally be destroying her with the Latinos. They would have flocked to a message by a GOP guy of immigration integration, immigration reform, immigration uh, 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 processing that uh, rivaled the best of Ronald Reagan. And um, it is just sad that Donald Trump is a candidate because he is costing the GOP not only maybe this election, but certainly over the course of the next generation, the votes of an entire generation of Latinos and Hispanics. Um, Dave, it's been great to be with you this week. Um, uh, the garden is dead, officially, is dead. Uh, there are some figs left on the trees that the birds have not eaten, but uh, I've still got some figs left and some grapes. But other than that, uh, 
I even told you that my pumpkins disappeared. They literally disappeared. I, I, how, how does a 30-pound pumpkin just walk away? That's what I don't get. Humanly speaking. Humans? Well, no, no humans are down where I am. That's what's weird. I didn't see any. There's no human prints around it. I think the deer ate the whole freaking thing. They sure have eaten my roses this year. Yeah, I know they eat your roses up this year. It's just terrible. So uh, this is our, our week on Hillary Clinton. We did, we did uh, Trump last week. We'll be back next week with some fun analysis of the election, David, and how, uh, how immigration is playing out. Maybe, um, maybe you'll do Biden's uh, immigration. Maybe a Biden's platform coming forward for you. That would be great. We should go dig that up. I bet you that's on the Internet somewhere in the Wayback Machine. Let's, uh, we'll be back next week on the Immigration Hour on America's Waiver. Until then, if you have any questions, you can reach out to me at uh, Chuck at Immigration.net at David at David America's Web Radio. Uh, and let us know what you think. And if you want to be on the show, you want to, you want to have a question for us, you want a topic for us to address, let us know. Until then, this is Chuck Cook signing off on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.